welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. So it's Lent. I hope you've heard the term Lent before. Besides the stuff you find in your pocket, there is a season called Lent. And it's about simplicity. It's about being still and quiet. It's about reflection. And in the ancient days, the people, the Christians, would wear sackcloth instead of wearing fine clothes. They would eat special diets instead of enjoying fine food. And they would spend time in prayer and reading scripture, meditating, instead of enjoying the normal fine entertainment. Entering into a special season which we've tried to mimic up here. It's a little more bare without the colors, without the pulpit, without things that we're used to seeing, to make it visually quiet for us. We are going to go where we begin Lent, which is in the wilderness. We're going to read from Luke's take, version, narrative of Jesus' time in the wilderness. The story for God's people always begins in the wilderness. You go back to Genesis 1 in the beginning, and it says that, before or when God created the heaven and earth it was formless and void, another way that it's translated is wild and waste. And that's where things began. God brought order out of that chaos. And then the people Israel were taken out of Egypt from oppression and slavery to Pharaoh, who represents all that is bad. And instead of being in service to him, were made to be in service to God, who is all that is good. And through the 40 years they spent in the wilderness, made a new covenant with them and chose them in a special way. And then Jesus has been anointed in baptism, received the Spirit in the scene prior, and now will spend 40 days in our passage being tempted, preparing for his ministry. We are in 40 days because that's always the beginning is in the wilderness. What will your 40 days do for you? Will there be order? Will there be covenant? Will there be preparation? Or something else? You get to decide a little bit. You at least get to say, yes, dive in and see where the Spirit might lead you. So we focus on self-examination and reflection in this time. Lent is kind of a heavy time because we do a lot of repenting and confessing and saying things like, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. And frankly, it's kind of morbid and dark. But it leads us to the cross and to the empty tomb, right? To the glory of that. And so while we have good news and a happy ending to this time, we have to begin in the wilderness because that's the way that it works. Jesus started there, received the spirit and anointing, was told by God, you are my son, and then was led into the wilderness where he was actually tempted. And I want to focus on that. We have two candles up here that you can almost see if you're down low, for Christ's divinity and humanity. We know Christ was fully divine. Do you fully claim that Christ was fully human? Tempted, as he was. The story that we're going to read, this passage, has a refrain. Having received the title, God's son, son of God, you hear, since you are God's son, not if, but since you are God's son, then, and there's a temptation, Since you are God's son, a second temptation. Since you are God's son, a third. So hear the refrain and this invitation on what Jesus 
is going to decide to be what kind of son of God? Because there were other sons of God in history, especially a few hundred years prior to Jesus. There were many that rose up and tried to lead Israel in revolt, and they were all killed, even though they stood up and said, I am God's chosen Messiah. I am God's great prophet. I will show you a miraculous feat. There was one guy who went to the Jordan River and swore it was going to part for them, just like it did when they entered the promised land. Well, they all went out and were killed instead. Lots of people have claimed to be son of God, and the people around Jesus were looking for a son of God, but probably looking for one ready to lead the charge. What kind of son of God is Jesus going to be? Let's hear from the passage. Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It's written, people won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It's written, You will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, It's been said, Don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Jesus resists the urge to take the easy road. Because he was tempted to eat, become a king, and to be a sign of God's great goodness. He does all those things eventually, right? Not a sin to eat. He's going to feed people miraculously, but in this moment, the feeding is about him using his power for himself, not relying on God to provide what he needs. The bread seems like a need, but it's really a want. We often have wants disguised as needs. Jesus says no. Then Jesus says no to being a king of all the earth. Well, he's going to be king of all the earth, but not by worshiping or following anything else other than God. Instead of being a king of might, he's going to be a king of humility, of servitude, of death. And then he's going to be this great miraculous sign, but not in a spectacle, not without that suffering and the death so that he can be risen up and be that sign. Jesus isn't asked to do much different than what he's going to do, but it's God's road he must follow, be obedient. And he says, Yes, to the obedience. He faces the temptations uh, within his heart. What kind of son of God am I going to be? Are you going to be? Since I'm the son of God, I could do all these things. I could make it a lot easier. 
But because he faces this within himself, he can then, after the 40 days, face the whole world and the temptations that might come beyond himself. So like a new Adam, Jesus resists the temptation to take his own path. He truly trusts God. Only then can he be ready to be the Messiah. He masters himself so that he can become our master, which he did, and he does. Praise God. Amen? The devil left him in his personal struggles until a more opportune time. Later, there will be the temptation to skirt the path to the cross and choose another way. That's the story. Lent is our journey too. We're going into the wilderness and we must face our inward demons. We must face our temptations. We are called to be the body of Christ for the world, to be the special revelation of God for all people. Amen? As United Methodists, we're to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Before we can step out into our calling, we must fully accept the call within. Sometimes we settle for the notion that, well, if I'm living outwardly how I'm supposed to live, I I don't have to worry about the inward part so much. If I'm giving my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, and my witness, then in private I can indulge myself all I want, right? Jesus seems to say that's not how it works. Jesus starts in, and only then can he be prepared to go out. Most of the things that trip you and I up, they're not bad things. We just misuse them. Think about all the tools of this world. Money. Power. Think about relationships, food, drink, intimacy, ambition, desire, and status. Even scripture can be misused. These things that I've mentioned that are listed here, they're not bad things on their own. Think of all the good that has been accomplished with these great tools by people who were not mastered by them but we're masters of them. And now think of people who weren't masters of these things and all the great harm that has been done with these otherwise God-given realities of being a human being. We are like an instrument. Picture a violin, or if you can't, there's one right there. Lots of violins. They all will be a violin. There we go. They all have four strings, four knobs. They're all roughly the same shape. You can spend a lot of money on one, millions of dollars, and you can spend a little bit of money on one. Determining how it's going to be played is by the person playing. And if you want to be a master of the violin, you don't just show up and start playing. Anybody play the violin? Any family members of somebody who plays the violin? You know the sounds that can be made by a non-master. It takes a lot of hours of discipline and practice. It takes a lot of commitment to become a master. And even those who reach the elite levels, they practice even more than the beginners for hours so that they can then, for minutes, play their mastered craft and leave us awe-inspired. There's nothing quite like a master on a violin. We are like this. We have these great God-given capacities. We all are shaped a little different but we're all more or less have the same capabilities, the same calling as human beings. The the question is, are we mastered? Are we mastered by things? Are we mastered by God? Are we masters of ourselves? Because we need to spend time 
devoting ourselves in discipline to mastering ourselves so that after being disciplined in private, we can live our lives in this kind of discipline, that God's glory may be seen through us in an awesome way. And you know people who are like this. You love to be around them. You love to see what they're doing. We can spend a great deal of time uh, developing our hearts and mind to be ready to live our lives among people in the world. God wants to bless humanity through you. God wants to take all the things of your humanity and let that be a source of blessing for you and your world so that we can go in the world and teach them how to be masters of humanity too and all the joy it brings. Now we have help with our task. We have scripture, the same scripture Jesus used to resist. We have the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit with Jesus leading him not only into the temptation, but through it. We have the church empowered by the Holy Spirit because I tell you, there are days when I need forgiveness and love and compassion, and it's the church that puts that into flesh today on our good days. Amen? And we're here to help each other along. But most importantly, our help is in Jesus Christ, who showed us the way, who showed us how to master his own heart that we might follow, to show us how to be obedient and humble and to be a servant even to death. Now, we're all followers of someone. You follow someone, something. That's all we know to do. It's just a question of who or what. Are you following the only one who has turned away from self-service? Are you following the only one who intentionally walked toward the cross and death for us? Where are you headed? Who are you following? It's worth spending that time and Lent thinking about it and acknowledging that only Jesus Christ shows us the path to a full humanity, a mastered humanity. Now, true, we're going to be tempted in life because there's always an opportune time ahead. Amen? True, you are going to give in to temptation because you are an imperfect human. You're on the path to salvation, but we're not there yet. But let's make a commitment in this Lenten season to make this an opportune time for God to work in us. Let us resist the temptation as Jesus did. Let us follow the mastered path as Christ shows us that we might be obedient and humble, that we might go even to death to find true life on the other side. This 40 days is yours, friends. Give it to God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time reading scripture, reflecting. Pray for the Holy Spirit to lead you and to lead you first into your own heart because we're all facing temptation, every one of us. And if you think you aren't, you're blind. It's true. What are you indulging in your life? Taking a perfectly good thing, but indulging it and allowing it to steer you, to master you. What are you abusing in life, neither of yourself or others? What part of your routine controls you more than you control it? We got to start here in the wilderness, in our own hearts. And we can start now in Lent. So let's remember, in Lent, we know we need a Savior. Amen? Without God, we are nothing but dust. But we have God. So let's remember that Jesus went the distance so that we could too, that we might have endless mercy and grace 
that we might become fellow masters who are mastered and led by God. Let's make this season not an opportune time for the devil, but an opportune time for God to work in our lives, that we may experience, that we may embrace, that we may embody a full humanity for ourselves, for each other, and for our world. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us. And it is our hope that through the Holy Spirit, you have felt the touch of God upon your life. If you would like to know more about our church and its ministries, please visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.